right, well, welcome back to the Hyden Ratner Level Up Leadership Podcast. Here we are today. It's a big day. It's a good day because we have Pastor Vance Pittman in the room on the podcast. This is a day that I've been waiting for, excited to mm. lean in, learn from you. And I know that there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this and watch this and are excited to level up in their leadership because you're a leader, mm. a leader of leaders and have been that in my life. You're the former senior pastor of our sending church, Hope yeah. Church, now the president of the Send Network, which I also have the honor of working for as the city missionary here in Las Vegas. And to just follow your leadership over the past decade, I know I've grown as a husband, as a dad, as a pastor, as a planter, as a football fan, specifically for <laughs> Alabama. Let's go roll tide. You put me on. And um, I feel like every time I'm around you, mm. and I know that a lot of people would say this, I'm growing as a leader. Mm. And so to be on the Level Up Leadership Podcast, you're the perfect fit <laughs> to be in this seat to speak to us here today. So welcome, Pastor Vance Pittman. Hayden, thank you, man. It is such an honor to be here. Um, every time I'm around you, I'm encouraged. Mm. Uh, you always have uh, just such a sense of of honor and and um, just humility that's just an encouraging. It's, wow. it's encouraging to me. It's, it's refreshing. Um, and it's been a joy to watch. You know, I remember Hayden as we go back yeah. to, the, to the original moment. Sure, uh, I'm, I'm pastoring Hope. I'm at Silverado High School, and I'm at the guest center welcoming guests. And this crazy Come basketball <laughs> player comes running up to me at the guest center and right. says um, that uh, Matt Chandler and Emace had sent you to me in Vegas and that you were going to be planting a church. That's right. And I wow. smiled and I shook your hand and I rolled my eyes and thought, there ain't no way. <laughs> and look at you now, what God's done Come with on. you and Nina and yeah. Walk Church and the multiplication of the church. Sure. Um, it's just awesome. So I'm encouraged to be here. I'm honored to be here and looking yeah. forward to the conversation. Well, so good. I think even just that story, that would have been roughly... 2010, 2009-ish. Yeah. I know I was uh, coming back from my sophomore year in college. And um, I know that we don't get to 2023 where we're at today without a lot of development, without mm -hmm. a lot of tough conversations, helpful conversations. Hey, let me just call you to speak into your life. Help me. Let me help you see things yeah. that you can't see from yeah. where you're at. All of that has helped shape me as a leader. And continues to so well, thank, and thank Hayden, you a lot of people that don't appreciate. A lot of people would say, "Man, I want what Hayden's got now. Mm. I want to be pastoring a <clears throat> thriving, growing church wow. in an exciting city. I want to have you know be, be doing podcasts. I want to be speaking around the country." What a lot of people don't know is the process that God used to sure. get you here. And I appreciate again your humility through the process. If you go back to when you were in residence at Hope. The plan was a one-year residency, and you were going to be sent out. Totally. At the end of the first year, man, we just saw some stuff in you that was still rough around the edges that needed healing. Now, yeah. one thing you've always been is an evangelistic, uh, zealous person. Like, you, sure. you put you in a room, you're going to gather a crowd. And so you'd already, in the first year of residency, gathered a crowd to probably 100 people that sure. were meeting in your home, and yeah. a lot of them had come to Christ. Um, but we felt like, man, if this thing's going to take off— but it's going to fall as quickly as it takes off. And we challenged you to shut it down and to do another year of residency. And, man, you didn't fight that. Uh, mm. You submitted to that. Yeah. You humbled yourself to that process. And because of that foundation that you built, that God built in you through that process, now you're standing That's on right. a very firm foundation. Um, 
And so I just commend you for your humility so in the process. Everybody the wants Paul's ministry in Acts. Nobody wants his two years in Antioch. Wow. The two years in Antioch where Paul was nobody. When he went to Antioch, it was Barnabas and Saul. That's right. It wasn't Paul and Barnabas. It was He was the number two guy on the billing. Come nobody on. knew his name. He'd been kicked out of the church in Jerusalem. He'd gone to Tarsus and quit. Barnabas went and got him and found him, brought him to the church at Antioch. And for two years, they did life in Antioch. Jeez. By the time you get to Acts 13, Paul is sent out of Antioch. And now it's not Barnabas and Saul. It's Paul and Barnabas. That's right. God had raised him up. Everybody wants his ministry. Nobody wants the two years wow. of development in Antioch. And so I, I'm... I'm um, I want to just <clears throat> honor you for yeah. the way you submitted to the development process. Wow. And now you're enjoying the fruit of that that process. Yeah, I'm enjoying the fruit of it. And I also have a testimony. That's right. right? Like I'm, That's right. I have the honor of working with new and upcoming planters. Everybody's eager to get right. to Launch Sunday. That's right. It's In fact, they, they touch the ground and they're already thinking about yep. Launch Sunday. They're ordering that pulpit, man. They're ordering the pulpit. <laughs> That's right. And... You know, there's a there's a, a, a practical story that I have to be able to say, hey, look, this is this is not just theory. This is my journey. Mm. I needed a whole nother year. And Nina and I look back and say, man, thank God for that whole nother year. Yeah. Because once you start, it's hard to stop. Try, you know, try. so uh, I'm encouraged by that testimony. Just reminding me of that. So, awesome. so thankful for our, our Hope family and the council um, that came from that. So I want to talk a little bit today um, about. The, the name of this podcast, Leveling Up yep. in Leadership. How are you today leveling up in your leadership? Pastor That's Mace? a great question, Hayden. And for me, it, it's it's kind of kind of multifaceted, but sure. it really it's it's really about I changed roles. So for over thirty years, I've been a pastor, um, and ten years of that before coming to Las Vegas, and then now in Las Vegas for twenty two years at Hope Church. So that's all I've known. And right. so I had developed and leveled up and leveled up as a leader in pastoral right. ministry. But then God last year called me out of pastoral ministry uh, to live out the more missionary call that God had placed on my heart in, in this role with Sin Network as the, the president of the largest church planning network in North America. And so that's a whole new challenge right. for me. So right. there's that piece of the pie where I'm just trying to develop new leadership skills because leading a church is one thing. We had, you know, 100 plus staff members at Hope, but they were all in the same building. Right. I now have close to 300 people that I lead, and they're all over North America. Wow. None of them are in the same place. So uh, learning how to uh, create and, and disseminate culture in a remote environment um, is challenging and forcing me to level up. So there's the whole professional side of what's happening from where I'm having to develop. I'm reading new leadership books. Uh, trying to hone in my skill in a new way so good. as a leader. But then just personally, uh, when you asked the question, I thought about I just jotted some notes down. When, actually, this was this note was January 1st, 2023. Sure. I'm not a big resolution guy, but there were some areas where I felt like, man, God was speaking into my heart that I needed to, to use your phrase, level up That's good. in my own life. And one of those is just reestablishing the discipline of reading every day. Come on. Where I just have an hour a day that I try to read, and I try to read in two areas. I'm trying to read devotionally, and I'm trying to read developmentally. So, so devotionally, I try to read something like right now. I'm reading uh, the book uh, "A Blaze for God" uh, by Wesley Duell. Nice. And I'm also reading a book um, uh, on on theology of mission. 
just devotionally trying to grow in my own walk with God and understanding what it means to be led and filled by the Spirit, what it means to be on mission, what the kingdom of God really is and what it's all about, and how to leverage your life for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah. It's a book by Leslie Newbigin. Uh, but then developmentally, I wrote down that I need to develop as a leader of others and as a practitioner with others. And so mm. I'm reading books to try to help me develop as a leader, leadership books. Uh, I just picked up a book um, that's called The Five Questions That Every Leader Needs to Be Able to Answer. Wow. Um, so <clears throat> this idea of reading an hour every day is something that I'm working on. A Love second it. thing for me is it has to do with removing distractions. Great. Uh, I had a podcast for about five years that we did. And one of the, at one of the periods on that podcast, I gave the testimony that I'd taken my phone. I no longer keep it with me at night. I leave it in my office so that when I go to bed to the time I get up, I'm not distracted by my phone because right. my phone can be a lot of distraction in my life. Well, over the course of some of the COVID season, um, I kind of got out of that habit. And so I've just reestablished that habit of putting my phone in my office at night to try to leave it there. That's and great. that way I get up in the morning and the first thing I do isn't check Twitter or Instagram or email. The first thing I do is go meet with the Lord before I get into my phone because right. my phone can be a distraction. So that's another way I'm trying to level up. That's another, great. A third way for me Come is on, I'm go. trying to discover and discern a workable paradigm of discipling other men. So for 30 years of pastoral ministry, I would meet with two to five men for six months to a year and a half right. and just walk with them and disciple them. When I changed jobs... <clears throat> my new role requires so much travel and there's not a rhythm for me that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out now what's the rhythm where I can continue to do that because being a disciple of Jesus means being a discipler. And so right. I've got to be pouring into the lives of others and I've got to figure out the rhythm of yeah. how to do that. And I wrote down a whole bunch of ways to, to think great. about that, but I'm doing that. And then the, the fourth thing is I just said I got to reestablish some accountability uh, with a guy in my life, Travis Ogle. I think he's been on your sure. podcast. Yeah. Travis and I have been great friends session. in ministry. Uh, for 20 years, and um, just establishing some personal accountability in my own life. When you step out from working in an office to a more remote working environment, your accountability rhythms and systems can yeah. erode. And so just revisiting those things. So those are four very specific ways. Yep. Personally, I'm trying to get better as a leader. Amazing. Yeah. As you're sharing that, what's running through my head is an acronym we, we created here at Walk Church on how to define a leader. Mm. L stands for learner. I hear you saying, hey, leaders are learners. No doubt. I think you rattled off four or five different books that you're currently digging in devotionally and developmentally. You're thinking like that. E is excellent. Um, it's saying, hey, I don't want to do things average. I don't want to yeah. just serve in my new role in a average way. I actually yeah. want to be excellent in my new role, so I'm learning from the best. Yeah. Can I, can yeah. I say something yeah. about that before? No. I know you got no. two more no, letters. No, no, no. Say to, it. Yeah, please. Well, and and I, I appreciate the word excellence, and I like, I think the Bible says we should excel still more, so there is a, 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 but I think when we talk about it in terms of Christian leadership, I think we have to be real careful with the word excellence because what the Bible commands us to be is diligent, Good. which means hardworking, which yeah. means I'm doing the very best I can. If we're not careful without qualifying what we mean by excellence, we can disqualify certain people because not everybody is excellent. Now, ah. it's the best they can be, right. but it may not be excellent by the world's standards, Great. but based on who God made them to be. There are scripture teaches us there are one talent, one talent, five talent, ten talent people. Come on, that's great. Well, that one talent person is not responsible to be a ten talent leader. 
but they are responsible to do the very best they can That's with it. the one talent that they have. So in this thing of excellence, That's great. it's about diligence and being diligent to do all that I can with what God's entrusted to me. And if we understand that as excellence, man, that's what we need to pursue. I love that. I love that. Defining excellence as doing your very best with whatever God's called you to do. That's it. That's so good. Uh, Jumping back into the A, you know, it's the word aware, being self-aware, being aware of the room, being aware of your position, aware of your calling. And I love how you're just talking about in this season, you need to be aware as, in, in a remote working environment, yeah. accountable, um, devotionally, thinking thinking through this season in a different lens from your previous role as in a pastoral role. Yeah. And I, I, I just love how you're saying, I'm aware of that. Mm. I'm not going to take the same tools that I took yesterday right. and try to hope they work in this thing. Now, sure, there's going to be some crossover, uh, but you're aware of that. And I think that's huge. And then the D, I'm considering changing to diligent, um, <laughs> like but it. it's discipline. Yeah. In, in order to do the LEA, you got to right. have you got to have discipline right. to uh, to actually put these things into action, or else you're just going to do a lot of talking yeah. and hoping that you'll be a good leader. But you got to have the discipline to do it. So I I hear that in you because you're saying I'm not just going to say tomorrow I'm going to read. You're saying actually I'm going to read for an hour. I'm not just going to say I'm going to remove distraction. I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to discipline myself. Yep. And so I love how you're living out those leadership ideas that we've been talking about here at Walk Church. It's great. You know, one thing that I recently spoke on um, at, at Walk, we're in this series called Deepen, and um, we're, we're going beyond the surface in our walk with Jesus. And I talked about recently in a sermon on how to, how to go deeper in your trust for the Lord. And uh, we were looking at Peter as he walks on water, and he deepens his trust by trusting Jesus with his faith, Trusting Jesus with his focus. He's not looking at the wind and waves, but looking at Christ. Um, and then trusting Jesus uh, with his failures. Even in this moment, he begins to sink. He takes his eyes off Jesus. Lord, save me. It's mm. kind of an embarrassing moment, potentially. Uh, and immediately, Jesus reaches down his hand, pulls him, and holds him close, puts him back in the boat. And how to even trust Jesus with his failures. I wanted to talk about that subject um, for a couple reasons with you because. One thing I've valued about your life as a leader is you've always been transparent. Hmm. You've always lived with a sense of humility. You, you, I've heard you use the word, I apologize. I've heard hmm. you use the words, hey, I missed it here in front of the staff. I've heard you saying, here's how I'm getting better in this season. And I've always, I've all, a lot of how I've learned to lead like that, I've seen modeled in your life. Hmm. And so I thought it could be beneficial because I did hear some good feedback from that sermon that spoke to leaders on how to how to get better even from failures and how to trust Jesus in those moments. Let's talk about that subject of failure in the life of a leader and how to level up through that. Yeah. Um, maybe the first question, the first thought would be: If you're a leader who has failed, or if you're a leader, at some point you're gonna fail. Uh, how do you level up in your leadership when that happens? Yeah. No, it's a great question and. Hayden, the reality is all of us will fail as leaders. Yeah. Um, part of God's process of growing us is allowing us by His grace the freedom to fail. Wow. And in our failures, His grace picks us up and cleans us up 
and instructs us and encourages us and challenges us. It's good. So all of us are going to fail. I mean, you've got right in front of you there, you got my book. Yeah. Um, that I wanted came to talk a little bit year. about that. But, That's but great. But that book is really a story out of my own leadership failure. Yeah. Um, the, the book uh, that is really about stress, but it's, it's the failure in my own life of not managing stress well because I didn't realize that as a leader, um, your leadership has to change with the seasons that you're in. And my big mistake I made is I was trying to lead hope when it was 2,000 people, like it was still 20 people in my living room. Wow. I was still leading uh, at a micro level in area in every area, trying to have my hands in too much and wasn't raising up leaders, delegating authority, giving away responsibility, and allowing others to grow and develop as leaders. So I kept everything way too close. And because of that, I wound up <clears throat> having a collapse in my own life. Uh, my doctor described it as a physical version of a mental breakdown where my wow. body just said, I'm done. And my wow. body shut down for eight days. And the the message of that book is that, that, man, we don't have to just endure life. We can enjoy life. We can experience God's peace in the midst of difficult circumstances and challenges. And you know our story at Hope. We went through a lot of those. But but that that whole book is really a, a, a testimony out of a failure in my own life and what God had to teach me about how to change with seasons of leadership so and how to grow in understanding what it meant to experience His peace. What, what distinguishes us as followers of Jesus is not the absence of stress and struggle. What distinguishes us is the presence of God's peace in the midst of those circumstances. Wow. If we just didn't have them, then the world would look at us and go, well, yeah, you don't know what life's about. It's not that we don't have difficulties. As believers, we're not promised a bed of roses. We all have challenges. Right. The uniqueness is the believer can experience the peace of God even in the darkest of days. Come on. And that's when the world goes, wait a minute. Yeah, you got something that I need. And that was really my testimony of a leadership failure in my own life. So we're all going to yeah. fail. What do we do? How do we respond? How do we level up um, in those moments of failure as a leader? Yeah. And let me give you four phrases. All right. if we, you, wanna, you got questions after yeah, each I'm one? just going to say really yep. quick, don't lose the thought. I want to I hear all four. Yeah. And I want to take notes on those. I was just going to say the book that Pastor Vance is referring to, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the video. If you're listening to this, we'll just take a note of this. It's called The Stressless Life, Experiencing the Unshakable Presence of God's Indescribable Peace. And got a nice little uh, review here from Pastor Rick Warren <laughs> uh, endorsing the book. And um, really uh, an incredible read, especially for leaders that are in high stress uh, working environments, and whatever that may be, I think just I think you said it best to not just endure it but enjoy it. Yeah, would encourage you to get this book. So, awesome. any more thoughts on that, or you no, want to no, jump no. in? I mean, the, the book. Is, yeah. If somebody got it, the book deals with uh, how to manage and deal with stress in areas of schedule, mm -hmm. relationships, yeah. budget, priorities, spiritual warfare, all those different areas. I, I walk you to the text of Scripture and how Jesus promises that we can have peace. He said, "Be anxious for nothing." It's an imperative in the Greek text, which means to live with anxiety and stress that's not medical or chemical, but to live with it in our lives is to live in disobedience to Jesus. He's offered us another way. Wow. We literally can have a life without it. Wow. Because that's what he's promised us. And that's not in heaven somewhere someday. That's right now, right now. here as we live in 2022. Man, such so. a good word. Big word. Yeah. We're planning on uh, doing a specific study with our staff through this in 2023. Awesome. 
and believe it'll be helpful. All right, ready for the four? Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Ready. So four phrases. When I when I fail as a leader, how do I respond to that? Right. First, I gotta own it. Hmm. And by own it, I mean the heart attitude that recognizes that I messed up. And you internally come to grips with it. It's it's what David did in Psalm 51 when he finally owned it. Man, I messed up. Because wow. here's the temptation. As a leader, the temptation is we conceal it, we cover it up, we hide it, or we excuse it. Well, here's why, you know, yeah, but here's why. Or we justify it. We try right, to right. make it sound spiritual. But the first step when we fail as a leader is to own it. There's something about you transparently owning your mistake, owning your failure, that allows for others to be able to grow from it uh, and experience God's grace in the middle of it. So you got to own Great. it. Secondly, you got to admit it. Mm. Uh, this is the heart <laughs> attitude that recognizes your failure has implications beyond just you, and you externally admit that. You don't just own it in your heart, but you publicly admit it. This requires humility. Uh, this allows others to learn from your mistake. If you don't admit your mistake, if you don't admit your failure, somebody else can't learn from that. And one of the reasons God in His grace gave you the freedom to make that mistake is because He not only wanted you to learn from it, He wanted it to be a teaching opportunity for others so they don't have to make the same mistake. Wow. But that can't happen if you don't admit it. It also gives others the freedom to fail. It creates an atmosphere where others can take risks and try some things. If you don't own and admit failures in your own life as a leader, you make it appear to others that you're perfect and that you never make right. mistakes, wow. which creates an atmosphere that says, man, I can't make a mistake because if I do, I may be on the out. But if you say, you know what, man, I missed this. I, I messed this up. I made a mistake. You create an atmosphere that allows others to have the freedom to fail, and that's okay. That's, that's a good thing. Man, that's a good word. So you got to own it. You got to admit it. Third, you need to reconcile it. This is the hard attitude that recognizes that people may have been hurt by your failure, and you may need to do the hard work of reconciling relationships and reputation. You've heard me say this, Hayden, many times over the last decade, but following Jesus is all about relationships. You cannot be right with God and not be right with others. Mm. If somehow my failure as a leader has hurt someone, and a perfect example, Hayden, you reached out to me. It's been years ago now, but there was a guy that used to serve on our staff team uh, who I, he, he left our staff team. He didn't report directly to me, reported to others on our team, but in his leaving our team, I did not shepherd him and his family well. Now, it was kind of off my radar, but I didn't shepherd him well. And it hurt him. And you reached out <laughs> to me a few years ago and said, hey, man, you may or may not know this, but this. And, man, immediately when you said it, I knew there was something I needed to do. Wow. I needed to call him. That's right. And I needed to make that right because how that transition happened on or off of our team was not the most important issue in the moment. The most important issue in the moment was I got a brother in Christ and there's a relationship that needs to be reconciled. And my failure as a leader had created that hurt and that pain, and I needed to go to him and make that right. So that's good. that's a part of reconciling. There's a fallout yeah. to failure. Yeah. There's a fallout to making those mistakes, and part of that is is reconciling the relationships and the hurt that may have happened. Big now, deal. in that's doing great. that, you yeah. got to remember what Romans twelve eighteen says. Romans twelve eighteen says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Right. Sometimes. 
You can do everything you can do to reconcile a broken relationship. I've had other relationships that have been hurt through leadership failures, and you've tried to make that right, and they just won't let it be right. That's why Paul says, sometimes it doesn't depend on you. Sometimes you've done everything you can do. But as far as it does depend on you, I got to reconcile it. So you got to own it. You got to admit it. Thirdly, you've got to reconcile it because you cannot separate spiritual leadership from the relationships with those you lead. That's good. As spiritual leaders, it's always about relationship. And then here's the fourth thing we need to fix it. And this is the hard attitude that recognizes that other factors other than relationships may have been affected by my failure. There may be some organizational change that needs to happen or some financial implications to it. So we need to ask questions like, why did I fail? How did I get here? Where do I go from here? What needs to happen to make sure I don't make this mistake again? So sometimes leaders use the cloak of vulnerability to admit their failures, admit their, I messed up. But then they don't do the final step of fixing it. Transparency and vulnerability is not an excuse to continue to make the same mistake over and over and over again. A real leader not only owns it and admits it and reconciles it, but then they take the steps to fix it. They do the analysis and the investigation to understand how did I get here? And and here's the thing about that that part of the process. Fixing it needs to be done in the context of community. Mm. Because if you try to figure it out in isolation, you've heard me say this before, but uh, we we always have to get input from others because, number one, my perspective is always limited. Limited. Meaning I can only see one side of this bottle. Right. If I try to make my decision based on what's on this, I can't. You, I need your help to see what's on the other yeah, side. That's good. The situation, the problem, the failure, I can only see it from my vantage point. My perspective is limited. Number two, my input's never enough. Yeah. Like yeah. I need the input of others to to make sure I'm fixing it right. I love that. And number three, my flesh is always deceitful. Man. My flesh will say, yeah, but. Right. Yeah, but. No, Sense. I need somebody to call me out, point it out in my life, and not let me skate away from it. So if I failed, I got to own it. I got to admit it. I got to reconcile it. And I got to fix it. Got to fix it. That's so good. Those four right there, I think will help anybody level up in their leadership. I think you could run those four plays in your marriage Mm -hmm. with your kids. Um, In your work environment, you can utilize those four in just your general life (laughs) as a leader, as being a Christian. But definitely if you're in a leadership organization, um, Bro, I had to do that, that this morning yeah, in my on. marriage. Hey. My wife and I had a situation last night that popped up in our marriage, and it was really a miscommunication where I understood one thing, she understood another thing. Neither one of us was right or wrong. It was just two perspectives. Right. Um, and, man, I had to go to her this morning and own it. So good. I had to admit it. First, Amazing. the own yeah. it part I had to do in my own heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I had to admit it to her and say, hey, that's on me. Yeah. I, I I understood something and I didn't give you the opportunity to explain it. I had to reconcile it, ask right. her to forgive me. Wow. And then we had to talk about how do we not get back here? Yeah. You know, how do we fix this so we don't make that? So I love that. man, as you lead your home, as you lead your kids, everywhere you're exercising influence, you gotta live these That's principles right. out. That's right. You know, I was in Cracker Barrel the other night, and of course, I got four little boys, they're running around the little shop <laughs> going crazy. And I saw this little sign right there on one of the tabletops. It spoke right to me. Mm. And here's what it said. It just said, nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm. 
was like, I, I'm like, I got to get that. That's a good word. But I think that's what I hear you saying. Yeah. You're saying, hey, you could go through the first three, but you might just repeat the same mistake if you don't make the Not fix, just might. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I will. will make the same mistake because right. my flesh is that wicked. Yep. I, I mean, think about our own. All of us have sinful propensities yeah. and areas of struggle. Yeah. And usually mine are not new. Hey. It's the same ones over and over. And my flesh is hardwired right. in those ways that but for the grace of God and the leadership of the Holy Spirit and accountability and community with others, I'm going to make those mistakes right. again. Right. No doubt. And I was just going to say one other thing that was coming to my head as you were sharing in the context of reconciliation. So I'm thinking of Paul's words. I want to say 2 Corinthians 5, where he says, we've been given the ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. And he goes to the ministry of reconciliation, what God has done with us as the example. For God has reconciled us to himself through Christ. How much more should we be wanting to apply what God has done for us in the gospel to others whom he's put us in in, And that speaks to some serious initiative. Like, God didn't wait on me to make the first move. If he did... I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> right, like right. He initiated that reconciliation. So good. He came to me. He came to you. That's and right. That's the way we have to be. We have to be proactive in this thing of reconciliation. I love it. Let me give you one more, I guess, scenario. Yep. In, in the context of leadership, I love how you went and started with self. Because yeah. you got you got to start with self. Yeah. Right? You can't give what you don't have. But now, let's say you're in a leadership capacity and others fail. How do you lead them through that? Yeah. How do you lead through other people's failures? Yeah, and I think what you're asking me is is really, when, man, when those that I look to as leaders fail me, how do I respond yeah, to that? Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. How do, I, how do I navigate that? Because all of us that would say, hey, in some capacity, I'm a leader, before we're a leader, we're a follower. We're a follower of Jesus. And as a follower of Jesus— there have to be those in our lives that we're looking up to. There's There are leaders that we're following, and then there are people that we're leading and influencing. But <clears throat> all of us have those people that are, I mean, Paul, Paul poured into Timothy, but Paul was poured into by Barnabas. That's right. There's always that 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 dual nature of yeah, leadership. And so great. there are going to be times when I fail as a leader. And, and to, to be honest, it's easier for me to do the four steps in my own failure than what I'm about to talk about. Wow. Because... Great. When I'm following someone else, I have leaders that I look to in my life and they fail me. Hmm. And all of us have experienced this because we have to remember at the end of the day, anybody that's a spiritual leader is a human being. That's right. And they are going to fail us at times. That's why our faith has to be in Jesus and not in men or women. We have to put our faith in Jesus and trust that he's using those broken vessels that are just like us. We have to be careful not to put them on pedestals. Right. But even knowing that, we still do at times. Yeah. And I've experienced, you know, <clears throat> in my own life in the last year and a half or so, a couple of situations where I've had some significant leaders in my life that um, either through their actions, their words, their responses, uh, man, just I felt like really let me down yeah. as a leader that I was looking to. And so when that happens, there are a few things. I'll give you some phrases again. Number Let's one, you got to yeah. pray through it. Pray through it. And what I mean by that is sometimes God wants to do something in you he cannot do without that leader failing you. Wow. Um, man, say that one more time. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Sometimes God wants to do something in you that he can't do without that leader failing Damn. you. So good. And you know this, God never wastes a circumstance in our lives. No, he doesn't. Romans eight twenty eight, 
We know all things. God causes. Say it again. All things. All things. Yeah. And you know what the Greek means there. It means all things. Yeah, that's right. Not just the good. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. When I have put my confidence in somebody, I'm looking to them, and they let me down. God wants to use that for my good and for his glory in my life. It's why there's a quote uh, by a guy that um, you've heard me quote him many times named Roy Hessian. He wrote a book called The Calvary Road. Listen to this quote. He said again and again, we see the thing in us that reacts so sharply to another's selfishness and pride is simply our own selfishness and pride, Mm. which we are unwilling to sacrifice. We shall have to accept another's ways and doings as God's will for us and meekly bend the neck to all of God's providences. That does not mean that we accept another's selfishness as God's will for them, far from it, but only as God's will for us. Wow. As far as the other is concerned, God will probably want to use us if we are broken to help him see his need. What he's saying there is somebody else's ways and doings, that may not be God's will for them. Right. But it's God's will for me. That's the way that they've acted towards me. They may have been sinful, but their sinfulness was a tool in the hand of God for my sanctification. How about it? That he wanted to use. But you don't understand that if you don't pray through it. Man, you got to pray for your leader and you got to pray, what does God want me to learn from this that I couldn't learn any other way? Secondly, you got to process it. And what way did your leader fail you? Uh, This is an important step to determine whether or not you're able to continue to follow this leader or not. Like, is this the kind of failure that disqualifies them from leadership? Should I not be following them anymore? Or is this a failure that that, that God simply desires to use that's forgivable and we can move past this? But you got to process it. you got to wrestle with it. And again, this is where you need to bring some other people into your life to do that. Number three, you got to forgive it. Mm. You just said it a minute ago that God's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And the model for that is God in Christ having forgiven us. I love in Ephesians when Paul says that we're to forgive others. And here's the phrase. Just, just as man, God in Christ has yeah. forgiven you. High standard. Whoa, man. That's a, you talk about leveling up. Yeah, like, like that's another level. level because yeah. I don't earn his forgiveness. I don't deserve his forgiveness, but I've received his forgiveness. So we've got to be willing to forgive that leader, no matter what the failure is or how hard it is to grasp. And listen, forgiveness mm. is not the same as restoration. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean they're immediately restored as a leader. There may be a whole process of restoration that needs to happen, but that's not contingent upon my forgiveness. Right. My forgiveness needs to be given. Here's a here's a great great quote about forgiveness. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. When I don't give forgiveness to somebody who's hurt me or let me down, it's not hurting them right. to not forgive. It's only hurting me. That's right. It's a poison that's destroying my own soul. Yeah. So we need to pray through it. We need to process it. Then we need to forgive it. And then uh, we need to humbly communicate it. We need to nice. go to that brother or sister. This is the hard part. Right it here. is. But, but yeah. communication brings clarity. Yes. Sometimes when you go to this person that you think let you down, you realize you didn't have all the information. Mm. Sometimes your leader has to make decisions without giving you all the information. Yeah. And grace goes a long way here. Wow. You're not in that seat. Uh, All of us, like when we were going through COVID, we all had to make decisions. Some of those decisions we had to make, and we couldn't give everybody all the information because there was 
complexities to what we were navigating through in our country, yeah. with scripture, with government. Um, so we need to humbly commit, go to the leader, give them the benefit yeah. of the doubt. And I like to say these three phrases, assume the best, communicate to clarify, and then demonstrate grace and understanding. Wow. Um, and then lastly, we got to help fix it. There's nothing more encouraging for a leader than someone who rolls up their sleeves and helps to fix it. Right. As a leader, it's incredibly frustrating when somebody only brings you the problems, but they don't bring you solutions. Mm. And if a leader's let you down, you need to pray through it, you need to process it, you need to humbly communicate it. And once you've communicated, navigated through what it is, you need to be ready to do the hard work to help that leader. If that's a weakness in their life that they need to work on, you need to be ready to help them get yeah. there. If that's an issue of just miscommunication, you need to help them communicate better. Right. You need to have that leader's back and do what you can to help them move forward. So again, it's much harder than when it's on me, when it's somebody else. Um, it's easier to take up that offense and that grudge, but that's what we need to do when a leader fails us. Yeah, I mean, let me just remind everybody who's listening, watching, we're talking about leadership. We're talking about yeah. stuff that's hard. Yeah. Right. We're talking about stuff that is going to require faith and, and grit and um, really the the process that you just laid out of praying, and communicating and, and um, inviting others because we're talking about things that yeah. matter, yeah. influence. Yeah. And, um, you know, I found that you'll be glad you did. Yeah. When you look back, it, you'll, you'll be thankful hindsight. I'm glad I put those steps of action in place rather than just assume I knew it yeah. or I could sweep it under the rug. I was actually reading in the book of Proverbs this morning. I was reading Proverbs 25, and yeah. for some reason this too. verse, uh, I haven't given much time to it, but it stuck out to me today. It said something along the lines of um, argue your situation with your your neighbor first, like lest you go to court, yeah. and then they share... The other side of it. Yeah. And it says, go to them and work it out. Yeah. Um, and so I, I hear you saying that. Yeah. You don't have all the facts. You don't have all the yeah. facts. And um, and if you really have this leaders, leaders are learners mentality. In other words, I'm in this thing to get better too. Yeah. I don't have all the answers. Right. I'm not a know-it-all. I'm a learn-it-all. If you have that mentality, then I think you can do that. That's right. A little bit more, I guess, e easier if you feel like, you know, you're just running a play. Yeah. You're just trying to check a box. Well, the other thing that both of these situations that I've outlined today, whether it's your failure or somebody else's failure, right. both of these demand community. You can't live out spiritual leadership and isolate yourselves from others. Sometimes as spiritual leaders, we begin to think we live above the principles mm. of the Christian faith. We can think, I don't need community like others need community. I can just simply be a leader but you can't live this out without living your life in community. Right. The New Testament knows nothing of a Christianity without community. It's our Western individualistic mindset and this, this leadership thing that's caused us to think we can do it on our own. Right. But, man, we've got to have others that know us, that we're doing life with, that can call this stuff out in us, that we can bounce this stuff off of. I need brothers and sisters in my life. The Scripture says in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. Yeah. For they have a good return for their labor. But woe to the one who, when he falls, and there's not another yeah, to lift him up. Not, not there to lift him up. Hey, final thought here that I just would love for you to even look into the camera for those okay. who are watching online. Somebody's leaning into this subject and thinking, all right, here I am. I want to level up as a leader. I'm sitting here in the room with Pastor Dance, and they're just saying, hey, in 2023, 
what should I be working on, Pastor Vince? How can I be leveling up in my leadership? I know that we just got a ton of content. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. say, hey, just apply everything I just yeah. said. But if you want to give a specific word, this would be a great moment to do it before we close. Yeah, I think, um, I think, Hayden, you've heard me say this, but to those that are watching and listening, if I could only say one thing, if we're going to level up, here's what you got to know. Yeah. Everything Jesus wants to do in and through you as a leader, he'll do out of the overflow of your relationship to him as a follower. Great. So your leadership is really built on the platform of your fellowship. The leader you want to be for others will be built on the foundation of your fellowship of Jesus personally. So it goes back to that abiding principle living out of the overflow of intimacy with Jesus. If you can only focus on one thing this year as a leader, focus on abiding in Christ intimately, personally, and daily. And everything he desires to do through you, he'll do out of the overflow of what he's doing in you. So good. I wish we had a little button of a clap thing, just just (laughs) sound effect right now, because that was a great closing statement. And I think we got so much content. We don't want to deceive ourselves and just be hearers yeah. of this. We want to be doers of it. We want to put it into action. I know that at some point I'm going to fail in my leadership, whether that's in the home or as a pastor, planter, basketball coach, in some capacity. Yes. Um, now I have some practical tools on how to level up through that, not, not level down and get right. worse. I want to get better. In that, and so I'm. I'm going to use this podcast as a resource. I want to encourage anybody leaning into this. Feel free to share this. Somebody else may want to tap in and learn from the content we we we, we deposited here. And um, I'm super grateful for it. I just want to say, hit the subscribe button so you can get notified whenever we go live or whenever we drop a new episode. This has been thoroughly helpful mm-hmm. for me as a younger leader, learning from you as a mentor, father in the faith pastor and uh, I'm grateful to be employed by the Sun Network as well. So awesome. um, we have Pastor Vance Pittman in the room. Anything before you, we close to say? I would just say that the Bible is a book written that is the story of failed leaders that God in his grace redeemed, restored, and used in spite of their failure. Almost every leader in scripture that we would call a leader at some point experienced failure. Yeah. And if you do experience failure, life's not over. God is a God of grace. Mm-hmm. He can redeem, restore, and use. So good. So good. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Peace.